You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Maddie, Michael, Gordy this afternoon on a play the taps on the trumpet day for the Flames. Calgary loses out in the Jack Eichel sweepstakes to the Vegas Golden Knights. Sabres traded the all-world superstar currently with a busted neck injured talent to the Vegas Golden Knights for what appears to be not a um, huge haul for Vegas. Um, I'm going to we're going to open up the lines. Uh, whoever wants to go first, hop right in. And uh, first off, your impressions on the deal itself. I mean, I would love to know what kind of return the Sabers could have gotten if they hadn't spent the last few months like leaking these weird rumors that Jack Eichel is just a garbage person and like. <laughs> Making it very clear that they hate his guts and why. Yeah, Buffalo didn't seem to handle this well, did they? No. And if you're trying to get max return on a, you know, a, you could you could label him close to a generational talent. He's a phenomenal hockey player. Like, why, why would you do that? That doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, this guy sucks and we hate him. But, like, give us things for him, please. <laughs> It's like a it. bad, it's like a bad playground, like candy trade after Halloween or something. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, Gordy, your thoughts on um, Buffalo's deal with Vegas? Um, it it kind of feels like everybody else in the Vegas organization, maybe and Buffalo, sorry, sees something different in Peyton Krebs because he seems to be the centerpiece of this trade, and I've seen him. A couple times the NHL, I've seen him a couple times in the WHL, and he's a really good hockey player, but he's nowhere near Jack Eichel, and I don't think him plus Alex Tuck is anywhere near Jack Eichel, and really they, they didn't have to give up as many picks as you know Calgary allegedly was going to have to, and all these rumors circulated, so... Like, it's a very underwhelming return, I think. And I, I feel like I haven't seen that much stuff kind of condemning what they what they got for a top 10 center in the NHL when he's healthy. Right, Michael. So an injured player at the NHL level, a minor league player, young player who's up with the team right now, a first round pick and a second round pick for Jack Eichel. Your thoughts? I, I'm not shocked by it. Like, because I know when we saw the Kachuk, rumors like that was just gonna be total nonsense like i knew we knew it wasn't gonna be like a stupid amount because whenever you're a team trying to trade the superstar player you're never gonna get what you would if like a team just called you wanting said player but Mm -hmm. i thought it was very underwhelming in the fact that like this was probably what vegas offered in the summer too if they were interested in eichel but now eventually buffalo finally realized like they're not getting anything else and now Eichel's missing most of the season. He's missing the Olympics too, which is like really hard probably for him because they missed the last Olympics too when he would definitely would have been there. Now he's going to miss this one because of mismanagement of his injury. Like it's, I, 
I'm kind of with Gordy. Like they must see something with Krebs, like those two teams, because like all the models show that yeah, he's an NHL player, but he's not going to be a star, most likely. And Tuck is good, but again, he's not great either. Like it just, it it surprised me that the Flames couldn't match that, and that that's what they kind of ended up going with after holding out all this time. That was going to be my next question. We'll go back around. We'll go, Maddie, Gordy, Michael, with your impressions. It the Flames really couldn't beat that offer, really. With the what they have either on their roster draft pick wise or in Stockton, Maddie? Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna actually ask, I probably should have lifted this before we started recording. Is Peyton Krebs even their I mean, I guess he's not technically a prospect anymore, but like close enough. Is he even their best prospect? Like I mean I it's just I a weird had, return. I've got his hockey DB profile up and his best season was in 2018 19, um, in the WHL, he had 68 points. Um, he played for the Winnipeg Ice in 2021 and in 24 games had 43 points. But I always, I always look at WHL numbers and stuff like that. They're hard to skew because it's, it's open ice, wild, wild west. Everybody's putting up, you know, a hundred point season in 12 games type season. So, I mean, he could be, I mean, he was, you know, um, he was a first round pick, 17th overall in 2019 for Vegas, but I I don't know. I just, the Calgary didn't have anything that could beat that. Or here's, here's the other side. Did they even want to beat it? Were they just trying to drive the price up and play bad guy, but they didn't really drive the price up. Did they? Yeah. It felt like the, that leaked um, flames package. There's no way that was real. Like somebody put that out into the universe to like try and force Vegas's hand. I feel like. Uh, Gordy, your thoughts? Could the Flames have offered better? They could have, right? Well, like if you, I was trying to find like direct comparables that, like you know, like if Flames offered the exact same trade, same draft picks, but like the two players were equal. Like Krebs was taken nine picks before Pelchier, so you can kind of, mm-hmm. kind of rotate them in and out. And I guess like like Monahan and Tuck at this point are kind of equal point producers Monahan's arguably a better player than Tuck career-wise but yeah like it, it comes down to they must see Peyton Krebs as as a you know elite level talent that they can develop and Vegas felt the same way because that was I think who they didn't want to move this whole summer for Eichel that was the holdout piece yeah and if you look at I mean Tuck too compared to Monahan, at least Monahan is playing um, Tuck is out on long-term <laughs> IR, so that's not even how, you know, Buffalo was saying they didn't want necessarily prospects. That was the thing that was going around. They wanted help me now players. Well, they, I don't think they got help me now play. One of them is definitely not a help me now player. Um, Michael, uh, cause we, you know, we work our way back around. Could, could, do you think the flames had a better offer on the table or do you think they were just trying to play poker and got beat on at both games? Um, I, I would have hoped they had at least a similar offer on the table. It's we we've seen so many of these now where he the Brad Living has been in to the end, but not won these deals. So I'm sure as always he was there, but I, I just think at the end of the day, the fit might have been better for Vegas too. Although I don't know how Vegas is gonna make that all work with their cap situation. Like they had to put Mark Stone onto a long-term injured reserve just to make space to get everything kind of soared with this trade. Like I think they have $26 million on their long-term injury list right now. Like, so I don't know how this is all going to work eventually for them, but I I would like to hope the flames were there. Like 
at the end of the day, I'm kind of glad they didn't trade like a Connor Zari or like thank goodness like a Matt Coronado. Like I could have lived with Pelche out of the three, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they still have a really strong prospect pool right now. And like if this team is kind of destined to be mediocre and perhaps have a big change after this year, like I'm kind of glad at the same time they still have all their prospects, although the odds of any of them being like an Eichel are pretty slim. Yeah, I I mean I looked at it too is when everything went down and I saw what Vegas sent Buffalo and then you know all the stuff that Calgary was rumored to be sending to Buffalo and I just thought Trilliven couldn't have wanted him that badly like if they get the Flames re- and I understand the Flames are 6-1 and 2 so we shouldn't be complaining they've got a great start they're playing really good hockey but leading into the next round of questioning well before we get there Matt you raise your hand go you had something you wanted to say and then I can hop into no Oh, um, I just wanted to bring up the they swapped third round picks for some reason. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> the conditions are weird on this trade. Like uh, it just I, I it's think it's something like if I think if Vegas sends like doesn't send their first this year, but they send their first like next year, but it's a top ten next year or something, then like Buffalo gets a third or, or like has to send a third. It's it's kind of weird how it all shook out. Like there's there was originally a third that looks like a second. It's it's messy. I, I maybe they spent three months negotiating the conditions. I don't know. It, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. It just kind of seems like they had a hat with a bunch of things written inside the hat, and they pulled one out. And be like, all right, you can have that guy. And yeah, that's a weird condition. To me, it just it is. It just seems like, and you know, maybe they know something that we don't know about Eichel's condition, and maybe Jack Eichel's never going to play hockey again. I don't know, but it just seems like not a lot for a player his caliber and it just baffles me that calgary didn't have or i don't know maybe buffalo doesn't want doesn't like the flames i don't know like or they were offering like i said like lucic zadorov and a third and fourth round pick you know maybe they just threw like the lowest you know possible offer out there it just doesn't seem like i don't know true living it just i don't um i'm kind of at a loss here I, i i didn't expect the flames to get Eichel at all because that's just how it works but this is now twice they've lost out to Vegas on the big name that's been available but with Mark Stone and Eichel um so as we're coming back around now the Flames were offered one of the Kevin Weeks came up with that rumor that they were sending Kachuk Mm -hmm. and the rights to Blasty and all these other you know the rights to the the new (laughs) arena season tickets like it was a huge huge deal um Maddie would you have had a problem if the Flames had sent Kachuk to Buffalo yeah. Okay. How come? With that whole package. Yeah. With that I whole package, know. yes. If it was like Kachuk and, you know, lower items or less, would you have? I would consider it. Um, yeah. I mean, I know it's tough. Like, they're in a tough spot right now because mm. they're going to be having to deal with some salary cap issues uh when they have to resign everybody come the off season and Kachuk was going to be a big part of that but like Eichel makes a billion dollars too so like that yeah. doesn't really help them either but yeah I it wouldn't be a hard pass if maybe there were fewer additional pieces but yeah. I'd have to think about it Gordy how about you <sighs> again constituted as not Kachuk two first round picks, a former first round pick, a current first round pick. <laughs> like if it was Kachuk and say, I don't know, a second and a third or Kachuk and Zadorov Branson and a third, I don't know what it just, you know, if it was something lower, you know, and not like the entire world and Kachuk moving. 
I think I'd go the opposite way, actually. I think the Flames are a borderline, like, win-now team. So I think I was kind of enamored with the idea of not kind of ridding yourself of Sean Monaghan and packaging a bunch of futures. And then you have Jack Eichel surrounded by all these great wingers and Kachuk, Lindholm, and uh, Gaudreau. But, yeah, so but, – but I agree. It was the Kachuk plus everything else where it's like, well, like – now I'm being punched from two different angles. Like it's, it's the worst of both situations. <laughs> and if you get Eichel now, it's kind of like a numb feeling of like, is this the best, like best possibility? Cause if Kachuk goes light, like if it doesn't work out player wise and then the futures turn into what they're supposed to be, then it turns into a bad trade. And, but so at the end of the day, I think it's, it's okay that they didn't get him. You know, everybody's intact. The team's intact. They're playing well. Are you saying your crystal ball looked at this and thought, oh my God, Doug Gilmore to the Maple Leafs? <laughs> Brett Hall to the Blues. Brett Hall to the Blues. Exactly. Yeah. Calgary hasn't exactly had the best um, history when making trades. So, you know, maybe it's not a bad thing that it didn't happen. Michael and I, you and I talked heavily about this going back and forth the other day about do you move on from Kachuk? Because look, uh, the Kachuks don't. Um, they're not easy when it comes to contract negotiations, as the Senators found out with Brady. And is is the potential of losing Kachuk, was it worth maybe trading him to try to get something for him? I mean, at least right now, I think you can only say it was worth trading Kachuk if you were getting a player like Eichel. That's kind of how I approached it when I was... Mm-hmm. When I was writing, like, I wrote that article last night, about, like, what would happen if this was the actual package and stuff. Like, I think... You can't trade Kachuk during the season right now, like unless you're getting that star player. Um, I would be open to it in the off season if he's because you know he's coming in at a nine million cap hit next year, even if you can't get him long term. Yep. Um. So, like, I, as much as I'm love Kachuk, like I wasn't opposed to trading him in this deal, but I think going forward now, like we all said, the team's playing really well, kind of as they are. And I, I've mentioned this a few times, like on Twitter and in the articles I've been writing, that's like, if they didn't start six, one and two, I feel like they would have been far more willing to go deeper and maybe offer more in a trade like this. But when you're, I think I termed it yesterday. It's like when you finally see this underachieving a core, finally achieving again, like this to start this season, like you, what happens if they made this trade and then they went off the rails waiting for Jack Eichel for four months, like, then you wonder what might have been and Trey Lane was going to lose his job either way. So I think, I don't know. I could have lived with Kachuk going, but I think it's better to keep what they have and kind of just keep building up. And hopefully it's not going to bite them too bad down the road. Yeah. I think it would be a hard sell to the general public that, Hey, we're playing really well. Uh, everybody's buying into the Daryl Sutter program and, we're going to trade a player and now we'll just sit and wait for this guy to hopefully be healthy and hopefully we can keep winning type deal. Now it just, it creates a whole litany of problems when it comes to contracts. Now, um, Gordy, you brought up a good point too about Monahan and everybody for the longest time was like, Oh, nobody wants Monahan. He's injured. And now you look at what Vegas sent Buffalo and Buffalo took in return. And like, at least Monahan is playing. <laughs> so it's like the idea that, and an injured Monahan with that bad mustache is no good for anybody. Like it's like, well, like, like Buffalo just got a guy who's not even gonna play for six months. So I, I don't know. Hey, it's just the whole thing. When I, I woke up today and I looked at it and I went, really? That's it? And then I thought <laughs> the Flames couldn't do better than that. And then I was like, well, maybe Tre Living wasn't even in on it. Maybe he was trying to like, you know, maybe he, you know, it, 
put out the, you know, there was leaks that put out all that, those major players to try to get Vegas to dump, you know, some major players on Buffalo, but it clearly did not work. And if that was the plan, it totally backfired. Um, Cause it just seems like Calgary probably could have got Eichel for close to almost nothing, but hey, it is what it is. The Jack Eichel saga is finally over. We don't have to listen to it. Now we can just go back to playing hockey and Kachuk had some great quotes um, in the media today, he was asked about it after practice, and he was like, I don't think about that stuff, guys. Honest to God, it's out of my control. He goes, when I saw the rumors anyway, I didn't believe it was happening either. He goes, he goes, I didn't think I was part of it, and I looked at it, and so he was even like, this is ridiculous. So Jack Eichel goes to the Vegas Golden Knights for a prospect, an injured player, and two draft picks. So, yes, Maddie. I would just like to add good for Jack Eichel. Like he's been living for how long with a neck injury and he can't live his life comfortably because the team is holding surgery over his head and like using their leverage. So good for him. He can get the heck out of there. I just saw he's going to get the surgery he wants. So just good for him. I went to that website by the way, and I looked at the surgery and my neck hurt just looking at the pictures. (laughs) It looks so ridiculous. Oh, we're just going to put, we're going to, we're going to put an artificial, you know, piece of material in your neck in your spine and we're going to fix you i'm just like yeah that just sounds like that just sounds horrible um and you bring up a good point too like player and and we've obviously seen there's a weird dynamic between player and organization in the last week or so but like the fact that the player's like this is what i want for my body and the organization's like no we don't know about that like, we, like, how does that, like, you know, do we want to jump into that? Like, how does that fit in? Like, does the player really have choice over his own body or does the, the, the team have it because of contract? Like, to me, that just seems weird. No? Yeah, I mean, because of the way their contracts are set up, like, the team has all the power here. Um, it bums me out that the union isn't able to do anything more to advocate for the players in cases like this. I'm hoping that something changes there because I think this is pretty... Uh, pretty telling of just the amount of power that these teams have over players' bodies, and it should not be this way. Yeah, it's 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 odd. Anybody else have anything they want to add to that end of it? Uh, Michael Gordy. Yeah, it feels like every every angle the NHL goes nowadays, they do the wrong thing and they're on the wrong side of stuff. Yeah, they they don't look very smart lately. Michael, you got anything? Uh, yeah, I would just say like kind of like Maddie said, like it's it's kind of in their contracts where it's like the team has this complete control over players. And I think just because we finally saw this with like a star player wanting to get a different surgery than what the team wanted. Like I imagine when the next, when the CBA is up again, which isn't for some time now, cause they just extended it. Like, I feel like that could be one of the issues they bring up and could get fairly contentious going forward because this whole thing was on like the Sabres didn't want the Eichel to get this risk, what they thought was a risky surgery and then lose him for nothing if he could never play hockey again. But at the same time, shouldn't a player as a human being have like the right to kind of decide what they think is best for them too? It's, it's, it's so messy. And I feel like it could cause a lot of grief next time they have to negotiate things like this, but I'm, I'm just glad it's over. I'm glad he's finally getting the surgery he needs. We'll see what happens going forward. Yeah. You'd have to think like the player knows what he wants for his own body. Like, you know, like I want this, it's, it's his neck. Like, it's not like it's an elbow or a wrist or uh, like an ankle. 
It's like, it's his neck. Your neck is a fairly important part of your body as it relates to the spinal cord and your nervous system as it goes down. Like, it's kind of a big deal. I don't think Geico's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to the place that gives you half off surgery, you know, because I've got a coupon for my neck. You know, I don't think like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So anyway, Jack Eichel has gone to the Vegas Golden Knights. He is now in the Western Conference and the Pacific Division for the Flames to face. So they're now staring down Eichel in the Vegas Golden Knights and McDavid and the... <laughs> Edmonton Oilers, go Flames, go, yay. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox. When we come back, we'll actually get into some Calgary Flames hockey talk because believe it or not, despite all the doom and gloom, the Flames are actually playing really good hockey. We will be back in a moment on the Tinderbox. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And welcome back to The Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Maddie, Michael, Gordy, and everybody, collective, breathe in. Breathe like out. It's gone. On to Flames hockey. Calgary gets Dallas tonight. And um, the last time the Flames played Dallas, uh, we all figured out that Jeff Ward was not an NHL hockey coach. Calgary lost 7-3. He pulled his starter. He replaced him. Then he replaced his backup. The Flames just got absolutely demolished in a series by Dallas that I think they choked away. But that's in the past. It's 2020 and August, which the whole thing just didn't make sense anyway. Um, Calgary snaps their six-game losing, uh, six-game winning streak the other night, excuse me, to the Predators in a game where I think Calgary dominated from start to finish. Um, you know, once again, a, a, a bad play in overtime leads to a, a goal and the Flames lose. But um, uh, everybody, that, if anybody watched that game besides me, um, impressions first. I thought Calgary absolutely came out and just outside of Brett Ritchie punched the Predators in the face repeatedly all night long. Uh, Maddie, your what your thoughts? Yeah, I think what it comes down to for me, like you're going to have games like that where that's just like shit happens sometimes and it's an 82 game season and uh, they've been playing well so far. So like I have a hard time being too mad about it. Yes. Yeah, streak winning streak is gone, but points in eight straight games. Uh, Gordy, your thoughts on the flames in Nashville. Yeah. Knowing Daryl, you know, half of that practice was like a shootout or something like they, they, they dominated that first period. Saros played awesome. You, you just kind of come out of that game. You look at the positives you talk about not scoring, capitalizing and you move on. Cause it's not really a game you have to dwell on and think about too much. No, uh, Michael, three first period breakaways, no goals on those, you know? Um, so Pray to God the Flames don't end up in a lot of actual shootouts this year because their their breakaway skills are just not not there. But Calgary ran into something that they've been shoving down other teams' throats this season, and that's the hot goaltender. Um, I, I remarked it's like the Flames got a taste of their own medicine for the night because Saros was unbelievable the other night. Yeah, that that's the thing with this sport is that it seems like kind of no matter how good or bad your team is, your goalie is like there will be probably four or five nights a year where you goalie another team and four or five nights where you get goalied regardless of the skill level of either team or who's playing. Like 
at the end of the day, I think we've we've seen the Flames play nine games this year. They've lost three, and I think you could make a case that in all three losses they deserve better than what they got. Their two overtime losses they probably should have won, and the Oilers game, you feel like they probably could have deserved at least a point out of that. Like They were mm-hmm. still in control most of that game, too. Um, I thought it was interesting that the Nashville blog, whose name escapes me right now for SB Nation, they were on the forecheck. On the forecheck, yes, thank you. Pretty much Whatever. throughout the third period, they were tweeting along the lines of like, oh, we're lucky to get out of here with a point. Like Nashville stealing a point, even then one rush in overtime and that's that. So like, I think if the other team's fans feel that way, then like we can feel pretty comfortable that it was just a game where kind of coin flip three on three happened. Yeah. it's And, you know, the Flames' other three on three was Anaheim, which they never, ever should have lost that game. It just... You know, Monahan blows the tire, Goudreau's back on a two-on-one, and the the look on his face in that game was priceless. It was like, what the just happened here? But um, so Dallas tonight, um, the uh, the Stars are one of two teams in the NHL that don't have a regulation win. They do have three wins. They're all from shootouts or overtime, so they have eight points. But the only other team that doesn't have a regulation win is the worst team in the NHL. Uh, so. Dallas usually is the team, along with Minnesota, that we all sit there, look at the schedule, and go, Ugh, here's a two to one, 40 shots total type game. Uh, Dallas has only scored 17 goals this season. They've given up 25. Um, five of their 17 goals have come on the power play. So if you do math, 29% of their goals will come from power play, which is not sustainable. That can't last an entire season. Um, I think Dallas is going to run into a little bit of a problem tonight. Yes or no, Maddie? I don't know. Um, it feels like a trap game, if mm-hmm. I'm being honest. Um, and I just saw the Flyers play the Coyotes earlier this week, um, and they the Coyotes gave them some trouble. They're they're a bad team. They're not a very <laughs> good team. So um, I am not ruling anything out at this point. Uh, Flames should win this one pretty handily. Will they? Aww. See, in the past, I think I would have had that feeling too. I'd be like, oh god, they're not going to win this game. Dallas is going to come out and hang two on the flames in the first period and then they'll just play that old new jersey devil's trap and just stack them the neutral zone in the blue line and that'll be the end but i'm feeling confident tonight gordy what are your thoughts oh by the way now that the coyotes are out of the pacific i forgot the coyotes even existed like (laughs) (laughs) gordy go now that i've alienated an entire city on this podcast just out of curiosity do you know who the coyotes current starting goaltender is just what his name is is it still Sean Burke? I don't know. <laughs> no, I just I, I saw it the at the beginning of the season. It's like this, or it's like Karel Vareljmaka or something. It's very, very random. But yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> the one year span of like COVID games, like it's all Canadian teams. There's just this green ugly stain that was that Dallas series. So not really excited to see them back. But in terms of their goal scoring, I think, you know, Rope Hints had a really breakout season last year, and he's really struggled with Jason Robertson being hurt for most of the season so far. And with Robertson back, they've looked a lot better. So I think, like Maddie said, it's definitely a game you can get into some trouble tonight if you think of them as a low-scoring team or if you have any flashbacks to that series two years ago now. Yeah, and the Flames are going to get another look at Braden Holtby because he's probably going to be a net for – for um, Dallas tonight with Ben Bishop being out. Um, so we'll see how that works. Uh, Michael, yeah, your thoughts on tonight's game. Um, trap game or can the Flames come out hot and put this one away early? 
and actually almost play Dallas Stars style hockey for the rest of the game. I would love to see that. Um, it's it's so refreshing that the Flames have been starting well a lot this year, and I think it does feel like that kind of game where if they can get up like two nothing in the first period, they can kind of just salt things away from there. Um, for me, Dallas is a weird team. I kind of accidentally went heavy with them with my fantasy team this year, and I am reaping the negative consequences of that right now. <laughs> but um, they're a weird team in that, like, five years ago, you'd be really scared of their roster. Like, they got, like, Pavelski, Radulov, like, Ben's kind of taking a step back. But at the same time, like, you know all these guys, like, every eight or nine games are capable of, like, the one big game where they look like themselves of old. So I just hope that's not tonight, but, like, like I said, if they start well, I think they should be able to comfortably like four two, but like it's never really feels like four two kind of win. That's fair enough. Um, you mentioned Jamie Ben, and it made me think of how everybody thinks Matthew Kachuk has the most punchable face in the league. And I'm sorry, he Ben has the most punchable face in the league. I can't stand. I hate. I hate when the Flames play. It's probably like what other teams do when they play against Kachuk, like other fan bases. Like I, hate, I can't stand Ben. Um, I mean. Matthew doesn't even have the the most punchable face of the Kachucks. <laughs> if you ask me. Maddie for the win. I like it. Good call. Well done. Um, lineup, uh, slight lineup change tonight. Speaking of getting punched, uh, Brett Ritchie decided to pick a fight the other night and did not come out on the winning end of his fight. Uh, he has now been put on day-to-day with an undisclosed injury, and it's probably either pride or concussion. Because uh, he took a couple of really good shots in that. Uh, Walker Dewar's back in tonight. Uh, thoughts on that? Anybody? Nobody's got a thought on that. Fantastic. <laughs> Nobody cares about the bottom six tonight. Perfect. Uh, defensively, they haven't released the lines yet tonight. I would imagine that uh, Zadorov, after his lovely performance against the Predators, is might be finding himself out of the lineup. Does anybody think Valimaki's getting back in tonight? You know, Zadorov got danced by Tomasino in that last game where he put it off the crossbar. Like, he deserves to be back in the box without play alone. So, I really hope Valimaki's back. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was like a, just a rest for Valimaki because it's like the first game the Zadorov Gabranson uh, combo was out there. They played actually pretty well, you know. But then the other night, it was just like it was like watching pirouettes. It was like figure skating, watching him try to play defense. Uh, Molly, uh, Molly. Maddie, good lord, <laughs> talking to my kid on it. I'm channeling something. Uh, Maddie, uh, is <laughs> it, was, it wasn't going to take long before I screwed something up. Um, Valamaki back in tonight, or would Hope you look so. forward to seeing Valamaki back in tonight, or even Michael Stone? Somebody, anybody, yeah, Valamaki, please. I'm asking nicely, Michael. I, I would hope so. Um, I don't know, maybe they're scared of Dallas, and maybe because they have a couple guys that are bigger on Dallas, they'll keep Zadorov in, or maybe they're holding Val Mackey out because they were maybe trading him to Buffalo. I don't know. It's, I would like to see him back in. I don't think it's good for any young player to be out more than a couple of games. So I, I'd be up for the change, but I would be surprised if they kind of just kept things going as it is because they have been playing well, regardless of who's been on the bottom pair. Fair enough. Uh, so Flames and Stars tonight, a 7 p.m. Mountain Time start. Uh, the rest of the homestand wraps up with a Saturday game against the Rangers. Maddie and I, that lovely 10 p.m. Eastern Time start on a Saturday. Yay! Hooray! And then the, and then the Flames close out their, their uh, extended home stand with the San Jose Sharks on Tuesday. Anybody have any thoughts on those two games? Or are we just praying to get through Dallas and then thinking like, all right, we're back on the, we're back on the winning streak. Everything. Cause what happens if they lose three in a row, right? Considering everything that just happened and like the wheels fall off the wagon. I mean, the fan base is already starting to turn, even though they're, you know, 
having such a good start to the season. Let's play that angle. What happens if they lose three in a row? I delete Twitter. <laughs> Take it off my phone. Gordy, what happens if the Flames drop three in a row after not getting Jack Eichel? I think if uh, they didn't get tripped on that OT goal, it, it would have melted down last game. But there was such a clear, clear thing that they gave him a pass. I'm pretty sure there was a trip and an interference. There was also a, a flying crossbody. Someone came off the top rope with a coconut. There was a lot that was wrong there that the referees missed. Uh, Michael, your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think a loss tonight just with like the Eichel stuff hitting today, like I think that'll be full meltdown regardless of if it's a good loss or a bad loss. Um, I think people are ready to meltdown. It's there's just been too little to melt down about so yeah. far. And I think people need to stay in practice. Like yeah. they only have one regulation loss in nine games. Like where are all these guys like on our Facebook and our Twitter who are always like ready to fire everybody after they lose a preseason game. Like they, they've just been probably sitting stewing in their apartments for like a, a month now as they've started off. Well, so yeah, Michael, Michael, who's our favorite commenter? Uh, well, uh, well, uh, he, we haven't seen him at all this season. Um, <laughs> Well, there's a, there's a handful of them that like don't like guys like Goudreau, but have been very quiet conveniently this year. Manjapani. Yeah, I don't know. There's one guy that always was like killing Goudreau. He's too small. The Flames suck. Goudreau's thing. He literally commented on every article, and that's all he had going for him. And I was like, I'm like, where is he this year? He's disappeared. So I'm I'm waiting now for like the three game. So you know it's coming. Um. So uh. Yeah. So. I would like to think the Flames would not drop these next three games. Um, they've already handled the Rangers fairly well at MSG on a Saturday afternoon, which they don't, usually don't play well. The Sharks are what they are, and the Stars are struggling, so we'll see. Um, obviously, the Flames weren't going 81-1 and this season, so losses are going to happen, but very happy with what Calgary has had to uh, offer so far this season. Uh, anybody have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Maddie, anything you want to touch upon? Uh, thanks for not victory lapping on me for <laughs> beating the Flyers. <laughs> I was easy. I was, I did that to Kelly cause she picked the Flyers five to three. I'm like, <laughs> you weren't even close. Uh, Gordy, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Dustin Wolf is playing so good. It's, it's a good thing that he's still part of the flames organization after this trade stuff. Michael, anything on your end? Well, yeah, just on that front, like I've, I've been following Stockton pretty close this year just cause it's, they have exciting prospects again. Like my goodness, they look so good. Wolf is just, I think he's over 950 right now in save percentage. Like I think Ruzichka's had something like six points his last two games. Pelche is just killing it down there. Like I'm excited for them. Um, the one other thing I want to touch on is that it's not fair that the flames have started well, and the Oilers have started even better. <laughs> I just want to say that's nonsense. And I'm not happy about that. Because like, yeah, like you look you find, at the standings yeah. and the Flames are fourth in the NHL, but then you look over and you see Edmonton's third, and it's like, oh well, we can't even like brag to anyone. No, it's like you finally get something good. Like you get the nice car, and then your neighbor comes home with the nicer car, and you're like, oh my god, I just can't win. So, alrighty, well that's going to wrap up this episode of the Tinderbox. If you enjoyed this talk, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcast. Just search up the Tinderbox or Matchsticks and Gasoline. You can find us under any Calgary Flames podcast heading. Flames and Dallas Stars tonight from the Saddle Dome, 7 p.m. Mountain Time start. We're all fairly confident that this might sort of could be possibly a trap game, but might not sort of possibly be a trap game. So maybe we're not confident at all. To wrap this up, Jack Eichel goes to the Vegas Golden Knights for two players and two draft picks. The Flames, as Michael said, once again, bridesmaids to Vegas in the trade market. But Calgary is also 6-1-2, so things aren't that bad here. Thank you all so much for joining us on the Tinderbox, and we will talk to you next time.